Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Welcome to Light the Fight. I am David. I am Heidi. Welcome back. (laughs) Yeah, welcome back. And we're here to talk. And hopefully when we speak, it makes sense and you continue to listen. If not, feel free to join some of our affiliate podcasts. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Welcome as always to Light the Fight. Um, And as always, when you come to Light the Fight, we're talking about relationships different types of relationships, how to handle certain struggles in relationships. And in this particular episode, we thought it'd be um, fun to open up a discussion about a certain time of the year where relationships sometimes can get more complex, and that is the holiday time of year. It's a special time. It's a special time. (laughs) I don't even know if that's a real carol or hymn. Point is, it's a special time. It's Sometimes on special, David's album. Yeah, it's on my <laughs> my hit single that's coming out. Uh, but the special time of the year, yeah, I mean, let's face it. There's pressures, there's expectations, there's presents to be bought, there's wreaths to be made, Christmas carrots. I don't know. There's just a lot traditions. Of crafting. There's a lot of DIY crafting that needs to happen. This is the time where average people can become crafters. That's right. It's they can exciting. experiment. <laughs> but what Heidi and I were talking about before we pressed the record button had to do more along the lines of holidays can be extraordinarily challenging, stressful, and difficult, not just because of the many expectations that sometimes people have to make the holiday special, but also because the holidays does put a highlight on a time of the year where we're supposed to be with family and loved ones. Problem is, is not everybody is with all of their loved ones. Sometimes our loved ones are far away from us. Sometimes our loved ones have passed away. And holidays can put that highlighter on our pain at times. And I, I hear people talk about this a lot where they say, yeah, happy holiday. Right. <laughs> they kind of like, ah. and I go, well, what do you mean by that? And they'll usually follow up with some sort of, I like the holidays, but, or Christmas used to be my favorite holiday. And they talk about a time where it was good, and then now because of how their life has changed, whether they've lost a loved one or maybe they've gone through a divorce or had some, fallen on some difficult times, they compare this holiday to those holidays, and sometimes it just doesn't measure up. Or simply people are not looking forward to certain people in their family, and this one time of the year is when they're expected by their spouse or their significant other to be around family, and that may be difficult. A lot of families out there... Um, can make us feel less than, not accepted. Sometimes people get really triggered over the holidays because there's that one aunt or that one uncle that just knows how to piss everyone off. Or there's that one person who you know doesn't bring the meal, but they come over and eat everybody's <laughs> meals. There's always just those interesting family dynamics, and the holidays just gives us plenty of opportunity to practice on all the tools that you learn from Light the Fight. Well, and I don't even know if if you can if you have to blame it on families or relationships. I mean, the holidays just by themselves is so full to me, is so full of so many expectations. Um, and I can remember growing up, um, I could feel my mom's hatred of Christmas. For Number one, th- my mom hated to spend money. She was very frugal and very practical. And so you know, she just absolutely hated purchasing something for just for the sake of a gift, a gift for gift's sake. You know, no, it had to be something that you needed so bad. So I think it was like July when she stopped buying us anything, you know, and, and we just everything, wait till Christmas, wait till Christmas, wait till Christmas, because she just wanted to funnel everything down roll, to something yeah, big. Roll it all up. And then my dad, on the other hand, mm. would spend like days out in the garage and he'd put up this sign that said like Santa's workshop, whatever. And he just loved the process of gifting, you know? So it was, it was really, um, a dichotomy 
for, for me, and I learned to hate it, actually. Um, and then enter, I don't know if any of you moms who are listening out there remember about, I want to say, mm, probably 18-ish years ago when the Martha Stewart magazine hit. I'm not a mom and I remember this. Okay, well, enter like a whole new level of personal shame. And I mean, I worship Comparison 101? Yeah. You yeah, have to compare I, how you don't measure up? I mean, first of all, I didn't have Turkey Hill. Right. And so this is before she went to prison, right? This, yes. (laughs) And I'm, you know, I'm jealous of that vacation too sometimes. But anyway, (laughs) that's a different podcast. Um, You know, that this is before social media and before blogs. And this was kind of me starting to learn my inadequacies. And I wanted things to be perfect. And then, you know, your kid pulls down the tree or the, the dog eats the presents or, you know, poops on the carpet, right? When you're trying to have, you know, in-laws over, whatever happens. And um, so I think, I mean, just speaking for myself, my my mom guilt slash shame slash inadequacy slash high expectations slash low other people respecting my expectation situation is enough to make it hard. And then just add that big old layer of relationships issues, whether it's um, combining traditions with in-laws, with having, you know, it's so great when you have little kids and it doesn't matter what they get, what's under the tree, they love it, they're excited. And then all of a sudden you're getting these teenagers and they're asking for things like Apple computers or, you know, the things on their list are adding up to thousands of dollars. And frankly, you have people, friends, neighbors that their peers are are getting that kind of stuff. And, you know, who cares whether or not you can afford it? Should you be, you know, like, so, so, uh. and then that's not even talking about, you know, and... That's not missing your loved ones and grieving. That's just the simple, yeah. You know, Thanksgiving Day happened to be at our house, and I had, you know, I'm mentally preparing for just just the stuff. Um, Things, just just the things that I I knew were going to be a struggle that that day. And then, um, so I had all these minute to win it games planned, and everything was going great. And then right before we get ready to go to play Minute to Minute games, um, Quincy, I get a text from Quincy. And I, I'm like, wait, where is she? Because I thought she was in the room. And the text was like, you know, I'm going to go to the cemetery. And don't worry, it was raining and, you know, freezing cold. And at that point, I've got a house full of guests getting ready to play Minute to Minute games. And my daughter... You know, feeling like she needed to go to the cemetery, and and I'm wondering, like, how do I be the mom, and how do I be the the hostess, and how do I make sure it's that no everybody has a great time? Yeah. That one, right? <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, um. So, needless to say, it's hard. It's got a lot of layers. So at this time, if I mean, can you think about to last year or maybe this year of? Have people opened up to you and asked you, is the holidays hard for you? Or have they shared with you that the holidays is hard with them, assuming that you could relate? Yes. Yes. And I think, and a lot of people talk about that. Um, You know, and I need to like look back at some of my photos from last year, because usually when I look at photos, I remember how I felt. And that's one of the things that I love about scrapbooking and memory keeping. It's called you know, emotional memory. Right. And it, it's yeah, very it's, powerful. It's real. It's real. <laughs> you don't actually have to have all the stickers on the page in order to really connect with that emotional memory, <laughs> interestingly enough. Um, I have recently had the most, the most messages that I'm getting right now are people saying either, how are you smiling? How are you able to play games? How are you able to do these things? Or 
you give me hope that someday I'll be able to feel those feelings. Um, certainly, I don't want anyone to think that, A, that I'm all healed up and everything's fine and now we're just on to the, you know. And that's probably part of it is this holiday is like, I'm supposed to be upset. I'm supposed to be missing. I'm supposed to be wishing, you know. The real trigger for me is the Christmas card. And I guess it's because it was my most favorite thing to do my entire, you know, and I just confess to you that I don't love Christmas. The one thing that I loved about Christmas my whole life, and it ties right into like my paper crafting and my memory keeping is, um, is the Christmas card. And I have like this long legacy of a grandfather who did very, very creative Christmas cards. Like cre creative Christmas cards is like my jam. And uh, I can't do it. I, I haven't been able to do it yet. Um, and I try to psych myself up, tell myself that I'm grateful for what I have. I try to come at it from different perspectives, but I, that's still like sending out a Christmas card with that whole, hasn't happened yet. Well, since here at Light the Fight, we like to usually use the guinea pig. Um, <laughs> we have a great opportunity for that right now. Um, imagine you're talking to a woman that came up to you, um, shared basically Christmas cards used to be my jam. I mean, almost exactly, you know, what you just got done saying, how that's always kind of been her thing, but now she can't do anymore. And she shares with you that she lost one of her kids to maybe not necessarily suicide, but just in general. And, and she was going on sharing about like, man, like why can't I do this? Like, why am I struggling so hard with this? I've heard you give some of the best advice to people that are trying to give support to their loved ones during the holidays, but they don't want to say stupid things. So they'll come to you and say, hey, like, you know, how do I like drop off a meal when they just had a loved one pass away without being overbearing? Or, you know, I've heard you get in conversations and giving people great advice, how to handle those certain nuances of how to help someone grieve, how to be a good support person when they are grieving. But I'm wondering if this was a scenario where it was another woman saying this, what would you tell her? Like, how would you relate to her? How would you connect with her? Like, would you say like, oh, well, here's the reason why you're feeling this way. Like, what, what would you say right now? <laughs> Basically, if it's not you, it's someone else just in a very similar situation. Hmm. I feel like I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> <clears throat> I would probably tell her that it's okay. Like she's not crazy for, for not being able to do the card. She's not a bad mom. Yeah. I would probably tell her that Christmas will come and go, whether there's a card or not. I think that that's the truth. I would like to be able to say, you know, change your perspective. <laughs> I would like to be able to say the best solution is to make new memories and honor the old and make new. But I can't. I'm not there yet. And if that same woman in the situation said, well, I don't even feel like doing my hair, let alone my Christmas tree. <laughs> and if she just went off on this, like, I'm sucky, this and that, you'd probably say, I get it. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. you wouldn't throw any judgment or cast any shame on her. You'd be like, come here, let me give you a hug. Like, is that basically kind of what you're saying is that, yeah, you're going through this, but it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be done. Yeah. December 26th will come. <laughs> A new year will start, you know? And, you know, everybody, like, several times, so many people said to me, there's no, there's no right way to grieve. And I also just think we have to 
believe that there's no right way to do Christmas or to do the the holidays, whatever it is that you celebrate. There's, you know, we love traditions. And we've talked about here on the podcast, I've heard you talk, David, a lot about how our brains just love to make patterns mm-hmm. because it just simplifies it. Mm-hmm. And when we have like all these layers, then it is really easy to be like, okay, I'm going to read these stories. I'm going to make these cookies. We're going to go see the lights and everything's going to be okay. You know, like just, let's just, let's just do this kind of, it can, it can get to be a little robotic. Like we have to do these things. You know, we put this on our Christmas bucket list and now we have to make sure we do them. And, you know, I think that there's a part of tradition that is reassuring and comforting and wonderful and connecting. And there's part of tradition that is negative or that causes more hurt and pain and discord, then it's adding. And I think that no matter what your situation is, I think we need to focus on the things that add to the holiday season rather than make it harder. Like, because there, there's, there's, that's two different things, right? Yeah. Adding to it makes it more rich, more special, um, allows you to feel that love and peace that is supposed to be this season. The things that makes it hard or maybe feeling like you have to do something every day or make sure that you're getting around all those traditions that your mom did or your grandma did or that your neighbor's doing or that Martha Stewart did, <laughs> you, you know. I think that's a really important difference that has happened for me, and I look around, and in my neighborhood, there's tons, tons of trees that are up already. Mine's not up. Because guess who used to put up my tree every year? The same kid that used to build my IKEA furniture. <laughs> um, and the only kid who would eat your dinner. The one that ate my dinner, my Christmas dinner. You know, um, I'm trying to remember where, if it was my idea or someone else came up with this. I guess I can go without taking credit for one thing. Um, <laughs> I'm, Just I'm, take the credit, Dave. I, I mean, it's your podcast. It's a, you I'm, know. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing this woman's face in my mind. I'm pretty sure it was her that said it. But um, it was a holiday time. Um, like her, uh, like you, she had you know, lost some loved ones in the holidays and been through divorce, just, you know, a lot of difficult times. And um, I remember she said something that really, it stood out to me because I didn't think about this. She was, and this is where I kind of came up with that. Well, sometimes after big life changes, sometimes our old traditions um, bring up old memories and those old memories come with just a lot of unnecessary hurt and pain. And so she basically said, she goes, I decided that I'm going to start a new tradition because I'm a new place in my life. And she thought, I don't know if she researched it or whatever, if it was just her idea, but it sounded really good to me. I bought it. Basically what she said was, when do you start traditions? She's like, I remember when my kid, when my parents, when they first got married, they had this Christmas tradition. And I asked them, well, why'd you start it? I said, okay, well, when you're little kids, we always did the same thing. Well, she said, as they got older, as teenagers, none of them wanted to do those same family traditions anymore. And the parents used to fight back and forth with it. And finally, the parents had a submission. were just like, you know what? Fine. You guys aren't little kids anymore because they're saying, we're not little kids. We don't want to do little kid traditions. Can we create new traditions and start them? The parents didn't want to let go of the memories from those old traditions. Right. The kids said, we didn't choose those old traditions. So the parents eventually submitted, um, did something different, and it was quite an interesting thing for her because she looked back on that and realized that each change in her life creates a new situation 
that we want to start something new. And so we want to say, let's start a tradition, something that we can depend upon that represents where we're at and who we are. But then fast forward later on in life, what if you no longer have the same family? What if you're no longer in the same scenario situation? What if some of your loved ones are gone and doing those old traditions are just unnecessarily painful and just doesn't feel the same way it used to? So her idea was with every change of life, I'm going to start one new tradition. And so because there is a recent death, she said, I'm going to do one new tradition. And in this particular tradition, I'm not going to get on details because it would give away too much. Um, other people in her family signed off on the tradition. They agreed with it. And she felt really good about it because it didn't take away from her old traditions. She just saw it as traditions are started every time a new place in your life begins. So it was just warranted a new tradition. So she just took it from a whole, and let's just keep on adding them. And some of the old ones, maybe we just put them away as memories instead of continue to try to do it when it just doesn't really work for our life anymore. And I've given that suggestion to other people. Some people like it. Some people, no, they want to hold on to the traditions and and they don't want to die with those traditions because they feel like they're it's another type of a grief. And I get it. But there's usually people in your family who are trying to point you in a different direction saying, eh, we need to let this one go. <laughs> we, we can't continue living like this person is still alive. In some cases, when someone dies, sometimes certain family members want to act like they're still alive. And other families aren't cool with acting like they're alive. They'd prefer to acknowledge that they're not there anymore and move on from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody just kind of sees yeah. it differently. So what do you think about that And with the whole entire... I never thought about traditions like, yeah, how did traditions get started? Well, you want to do something. When they're started, they're because there's excitement. There's something new. It's fresh. Let's try something totally different. But when she, this woman had told me that, I'm like, I never thought about that. I never thought about like they had to get started at some point. You don't start a tradition in the middle of an average holiday. You do it because we have a new family or we have a new baby. Or I know with us, we like to go to Feast with the Beast here at the local um, uh, Salt Lake City Zoo. Um, every Thanksgiving, they feed the animals. And me and my wife, we enjoy it, but we also realize that our kids may not want to go to Feast of the Beast the rest of their entire... Probably from 13 to when they have kids, they want to take a little break on that, but that's okay. Hopefully we can create new traditions at that point. Well, and I think that like what we can do right now, um, for me, anticipating... Um, a holiday or a milestone is actually way worse than the actual holiday or milestone. Yeah. Um, that at least that's been my experience. And so, if if we can kind of, you know, collectively, all of us who are listening, can acknowledge that every single one of us has something messy in our families and in our relationships. And if you could kind of take a minute and evaluate, like what is this messy thing or what is this thing that I'm not looking forward to or, you know, to to kind of take it head on rather than letting it maybe beat you up on the end, you know? So, so do you do the preventative mental preparation and come up with a workaround or do you go Bearing through holiday, trying to bury yourself in being busy so that you don't feel and blaze on through it only to like be shattered at the end and kind of have a crash. Yeah. You know, I, I think you can pick. And, and the reason why we wanted to have this conversation right now is because getting on the front of it, front end of it, acknowledging, you know what, this is usually what happens or this is what I'm afraid of is going to happen or this is what could happen. And imagine how many of you out there listening to this have had major fights in your family because of something revolving around the holidays, family get togethers. It's so much easier to have the conversation with your significant other, your your loved ones, or even your kids. Hey, we got to go to this family member's house. Oh, we hate them. They're this, that. I understand, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to be there from four and we're going to leave at six. I promise you from this time to this time, if everyone knows going into it or just in partnerships, like if you and your spouse know going into it, hey, listen, I know this is something that didn't go well last year. Let's talk about Christmas a couple months before. 
Do we want to plan ahead of time to have something, I'm doing air quotes right now, something else to do the day our family uh, decides to have their Christmas party? And if one of the people, if your spouse is like, well, we don't know when their Christmas party is. Exactly. (laughs) We will plan to have something to do whenever they do have their Christmas party because last year was difficult. Or do we want to go into it with a little bit of a game plan saying, hey, we have prior engagements. I think setting up realistic expectations of our family time, uh, what what are our responsibilities as a spouse or a partner to our significant other and their family over the holiday over the holidays? So many people go into these things year after year having the exact same struggles. And I know I'm switching gears a little bit from simply simply grieving to being around people that you may not want to be around. People that you had to be around when you're younger and seeing them once a year is hard enough. If you can go into these conversations with your family members, with your loved ones, talk about it beforehand, and like Heidi was saying, get in front of it, I think it could leave you, lead you to some ideas to help you navigate through a lot of the pitfalls that can happen during the holidays. And sometimes those pitfalls, and you, you weigh on this, Heidi, as a mom that's lost a child, maybe just communicating that you're not sure how you're going to be doing this Christmas time. You're not sure if you want to do the tree this year or not. Some of the things that may determine on it would be your mood. Some of it may, you could share in the past because Cora was the only one that really showed a lot of interest in that. You don't really want to do it if it's something that they're not all gung-ho about. You know, Just communicating where your stuck point's at, where you're at. If you're grieving, it can help you get out your thoughts and feelings so everyone knows where you're at. If there's family drama, it can get out people's thoughts and feelings so that they know that if they go to a family scenario, there is a game plan. It's not going to just be a free-for-all because when families have unrealistic expectations during the holidays, people get their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm problems ensue, fights happen, because if you're super sensitive and super on like on key, worried about what other people are going to say to you, or if you're grieving and you haven't communicated what you're hoping the outcome will be, it's just a bad combination. Sure. It's a really bad comp. But again, I see that over the holiday times, it's more likely that people are going to keep it inside. They don't want to affect other people because in your case, you're not the only one grieving. It wasn't like you're just the only person lost Corey. Right. So during the holidays, it could be very easy for people to take it and hold on to it inside only to have it blow up later because other people didn't read their mind, didn't understand where they're coming from, and didn't see that the holidays are hard for them. So talking about the holidays, getting in front of them is something you're saying would be helpful for you personally, but could also be helpful for a lot of people out there that traditionally the holidays have been a difficult time for their family. Well, and I I think that I want to add one more thing because the holidays... For me, and this has gone, gone going back like 18 years, it happens to be like the most the most busy and stressful time of year for my business. Um, I've got shows, catalogs, new product, product launching, the end of the year, the beginning of the, you know, it's like all this stuff that also just happens to be going on right at the busiest time of year when it's like every dance performance and school play and you know, every holiday party under the sun. Um, and I think that one thing that I wanted to add to this is, and we, and we talk about this, we've talked about this a lot is, is a little bit of self-care. Um, we've said this before, if mom's not happy, ain't nobody happy. Mom and dad, you set the tone for this, for, for your family. And that can even extend past just your family into your extended family. Um, traditionally, like, are we getting some? Are we getting sleep, or are those parties like taxing you? Are we eating food that is that is putting some nutrients in there? It's also it happens to be like cold and flu season, so everybody's sick. You know, what if what if you made sure also. Uh, and this is this is me totally talking to myself. This is a Heidi pep talk right now. Sleeping, um, eating, maybe even possibly getting your heart rate up, not just in anger. <laughs> Isn't that called? It starts with an E, ends with an exercise. <laughs> um, Thanksgiving morning, and I will tell. I wasn't. I mean, you know, I'm having Thanksgiving. I. 
at my house. I wasn't overly stressed, but I was contemplating the the dynamics. And my sister-in-law called and invited me and my daughters to go to yoga. And we, instead of like me stressing out about cleaning my house and trying to, I mean, I had all these grandiose visions and we went to yoga and it was hard. And there were the sweat, it was the sweatiest class I've ever done did. It totally changed my entire Thanksgiving was going to yoga that morning. And it, it affected my mindset for the entire day. I took things a lot less. I don't want to say took less seriously, but I did. Like I, like I was so much, I was just in such a better place. Well, yoga is really hard. And after you get done just thinking five, four, like just trying (laughs) to hold on that pose for one more second without falling, everything else throughout the day just gets easier. Yeah. It's just not as much of a challenge, you know? It just is really good for the brain. Well, Thanksgiving days, big days for men to go out and blow out their ACLs playing turkey bowls. Right. A um, lot safer to do yoga. My wife, she teaches every Thursday, every Thanksgiving day, she teaches a class. They can only fit like 30 people in the room. She has like 40 every time. Right. It's like over. <laughs> That's I'm, what it was like. I'm always like, how, why do so many people, people want to go work? People were sweating on me. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was, TMI. It, yeah. It was, there was a <laughs> was, lot. Was it a Bikram class? Was it a hot yoga <laughs> yeah. class? Okay, good. You that makes me feel it. better. Yeah. You better believe it. So. Um, you know, w- one thing that I also wanted to add in there, Heidi, too, or I wanted to actually ask you to see if, you, if you'd be able to weigh in a little bit more on this. Like I said, a lot of people are struggling. It's the holidays. I'm talking to a lot of people specifically that are grieving the loss of loved ones. Sometimes they're recent deaths. Sometimes they've been, you know, gone for years, but something about being lonely, something about being distant from family or maybe work not going the way certain people want it to go can bring up that grief of the loss of their loved ones because it's for something sure. else that didn't work out, you know, that they for wanted sure. to in their life. So my question for you is that when you're looking on the holidays and and knowing that there's so many people that are listening right now that are probably going through some very difficult stuff, stuff that we have no idea. That's why we love to do our workshops because we get to see real life people We're like, wow, they're really here in front of right. us. And they're looking at us like, wow, you guys aren't as attractive in your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Point is... Um, no filter. Uh, yeah. Point is, when you hear about these stories, when you know people are struggling, specifically our listeners, what were some of the first things that come to your mind? Like Heidi Swaps, how to survive the holidays without killing your family members <laughs> or just completely hiding in your bed. So w- what's your secret tips to not giving up on the holidays and go bah humbug completely and not trying to save everybody while they're struggling during the holidays. Have you still still figuring that one out? You still working on that one? Well, the first two years, I did what was best for me and maybe not what was best for my family after Corey passed away. And and we bailed. Um, <laughs> the first year, we did a humanitarian trip. Um, and the second year, we we just left town. And the second year, Colton was gone as well, and I didn't know how I was gonna face both my boys gone. And um, and my kids were mostly good sports about it and understood. Um, and I still tried to get some surprises in there, and I I still tried to. not not ruin their childhood <laughs> um and i'm going to say something that is hard i have had to set my sadness aside to cry to try and create joy for those around me Um, the Christmas tree isn't just for me. And for me to, to think of it in, you know, I'm going to do this for my kids. I'm going to do this for my family. 
you know, I talk to a lot of moms who have lost a child, doesn't matter what from, lost a child, and there's still remaining children. But it's so hard to let go of your sadness for the one children, the one child that's gone and embrace the joy in the children that are here. Why is that so hard? I, I, I don't know the answer to that, but that's a real thing. Um, so last year in particular, there was no more running away. I was told by my kids, no more running away. We can just cry here for free. We don't have to go to a different <laughs> country to cry. Right, right. <laughs> we can fight in our own country. And it, right? it honestly became me deciding that it wasn't all about me. And I'm in the midst of that pep talk. Because grief not only just is hard to face stuff, but it makes you tired. Physically tired. More tired than even just regular tired, right? When when your expectations are not being met, you are tired. Must be an energy suck. <laughs> and um, today, right before I came here to record this podcast, my daughter said, when are we going to put up our Christmas decorations? And the thought of it just... <laughs> soon. Very soon. Very soon. As soon as you pull it all out and bring it all up here, Will. <laughs> um, so that's not easy for me to say, and I know that if there was another mom sitting right here in my same situation or maybe had a, a little bit more fresh of a situation, that'd be hard for me to say to somebody. But that's what I had to say to myself. Well, everybody's heard the the airplane analogy with the oxygen. So, right. you know, adults are told on the airplane that you're supposed to put the oxygen on yourself first and then put on your kids. Everybody knows that concept. Nobody questions that. Everybody knows, obviously, if you're not conscious and you can't breathe, you're not going to much <laughs> help to your kids. But for some reason, mothers, I can't say every time, but all the times I can think about when they do experience grief and death and you know pretty big traumas like that, it's not really, it doesn't come natural to them to put their grief aside right then. I, okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't come natural to them to put their grief in front of their kid's grief is what I meant to say. But they do know at some point that they're going to have to handle their own grief and it when they have free time, you know, to try to handle everybody else's, handle theirs, handle everybody else. like so Because not, that's what you do. Yeah, because you said mom, the first two years sure. you just kind of took care of yourself. Well, I mean, you did a lot during those Christmas times as well. <laughs> but I think what you're saying is in comparison to how you would have normally liked to have handled it, you realize that the grief and the pain was so heavy that this was not like normal, just like just bear and grin it and just be tough with it, Heidi. Like you'll be fine, just set it aside. You kind of had to put your emotions and all those things front center stage the first couple of years. And then now you're in the third year. Now you're not just doing things for other people around you because you knew that they depended upon you. You're realizing that they need to have their fun time. They need to have their holiday memories without grieving holiday memories at the exact same time. Right. They got to have their own moments. It's like not every year can be about our lost loved ones all day, every day and during that time. I don't think our lost loved ones, at least people typically say, are, are people that have passed away in our life, I doubt that they want us to forget them because I don't think they want us to forget them, but I doubt they want us to be sulking and, and mourning over them all day, every day. I think people want to have good times with people. Yeah. I think people like to hear the stories. I know you've always told me, man, when someone's got a great story about your son, you'll stop what you're doing. Like, all right, I'm listening. Oh, like, just tell me a story thing. about my son. It's my favorite thing. Well, because it does two things. It gets you to remember him, helps you grieve, but at the same time, he's not gone. Right. Because now he's now he's in he's alive in the present. People are talking about your boy. And that means he's still here with you. So I, I like how that you said it's not easy for you the first couple of years. It was a difficult challenge for, 
for you to manage the whole entire doing things for my family and my kids and doing things for myself. But I like the example that you're giving to people is that it might take a couple of years for you to feel like you can be the best of yourself for other people during the holidays. This year, doing the tree, if, if you end up doing that, realizing it might mean something for other people, I know that's an easier sell for you. If you're selling, if you're trying to sell yourself, I can do this because other people are going to benefit from it, you'll be able to do that. If you're doing it solely for your own just selfish desires, that's not as easy of a sell right. for you because at some point you're like, oh, I feel bad that I want to get a <laughs> pedicure, <laughs> you know, take care of myself for a moment. You don't have to feel bad when your kids are enjoying the holidays. If you or anyone out there that's grieving gets to have both, then you know, from my experience, that's about as successful as you could have a holiday. So you grieve your loved one and you help build new memories. You grieve your loved one a little bit and you help build new memories. Having a little bit of back and forth between the two of those things, it's going to take some people a long time to get there, but knowing that that is possible, that you can have both simultaneously, I'm glad that you shared that because... I've been kind of wondering over the past three years how you've been able to do it because this year it does seem that you're more available than you were the last couple. Uh, is that safe to I say? Would, I would say okay. that. Okay, I, I didn't. I'm really, I, w- I was really good, particularly I think last year, I just went like deep dive into busy. Like I took on projects. I, I, w- I did not allow myself any space to feel. That was my strategy. And... um. What did you say about being tired? This year I'm tired. That's tiring, tiring strategy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not a strategy for like extra, you know, energy throughout the day. Well, so this this year I just um, I'm on the one day at a time plan, recognizing that that it, that it's a hard time of year for me, and um, but also appreciating, you know. Everybody here knows that now I have this. My son has come back home, so he's gone for two years. Now he's come back home, and uh, I really appreciate that. And so I'm I'm very keyed in on appreciating the really little things. And um, believe it or not, that that's that's helping me. And I like how you just said, um, you know, you get a little bit of grieving and a little bit of fun and a little bit of grieving and a little bit of fun. And I think that that is absolutely the best that you can hope for. It it really is because, you know, there is nothing that I love more than driving in my car and my kids blast that stinking Mariah Carey song that Awful Christmas, <laughs> yeah. love you. and they just—I don't even know the words. I just know how it bops up they and down. They just scr—they just love it, and I—I got to tell you, it puts me in a great mood. That would never make you frown. No, it and and I, even though like, I could get caught up in thinking, you know, I wish Corey was here, he would be doing it, you know, um. I have to let myself laugh. And actually, I think my kids are in a place where they don't not let me laugh. And um so I'm I'm going to I'm going to write that. And I think that's a really good example of the and. You know, feeling the longing for the loved one recognizing the the death, if you will, of those traditions of that circumstance of that life and embracing what's now and embracing what's good about right now um, and infusing them together. You know, and all of you out there that, um, whether you're grieving the death of an actual person, maybe the death of a relationship, I know it's specifically difficult this time of year for people out there that are listening to this that have fallen on bad times in their relationships. Um, maybe they've gone through a breakup, a divorce, you know, significant lost a job. Yeah, lost lost bad, a job. You know, it's tough. Um, all these are are very significant life changing events, 
And I just ask people to, to consider that if traditions are usually created to celebrate life or a life-changing event, maybe you kind of reevaluate your situation, see if there might be some traditions that might better suit the, where your life is at right now so that you can have what Heidi talked about where you can have some grief, paying honor and respect and tribute to the things that you've lost in your life, people, opportunities, you know, like a marriage, whatever, while at the same time giving a little bit of space for laughter about your fails in the past, <laughs> for, for, for laughter about all the things that, you know, that you had to learn difficult lessons in life by recognizing that you were making mistakes or that you weren't at your best. Laughter and grieving, if done properly, where you get to have a little bit of sadness and then you crack a joke to kind of break the monotony, I, I think that is a huge ingredient to healing in life, is being able to share our pain and also being able to laugh with other people about our pain so that we're not going through that pain alone. And so all the years... I think that's why we all love like Christmas Vacation. Yeah, right. all those funny movies. Some of those movies that you're just like, oh, yeah. Because some of of the times in our family that are the funniest stories, if you were to time warp yourself back to when it was happening, nobody was laughing. Not funny. Not funny at all. So if, if our life has given us some very horrible times or very some un unhumorous times, but later on we can laugh about it, maybe that's a little bit of lesson in grieving. Maybe we consider that our holidays, yeah, we need to cry when we're sad, but man, if we're not laughing when we're happy or if we're not making fun of ourselves from a, a past holiday experience that we just were reminded of, then maybe we're missing out on the whole entire point of going through hard times in the first place. Going through hard times, they're only really hard if we don't have anyone to share them with, laugh about it, and if we don't learn anything from it. Right. Excellent point. Excellent. And, you know, if you don't want to get up early in the morning on Christmas morning, let the kids open their presents midnight. <laughs> you know, just throw it. Throw Start out new again. traditions. Like, instead of opening one present at Christmas Eve, we're opening them all open at Christmas all. Eve and one during the day. Yeah. So, you know, they're hopefully that this just getting this topic out there, getting you thinking about it, recognizing that your life is is probably not perfect and neither is anybody else's, no matter what their Instagram looks like or what the perceptions on the surface might be. Um and give yourself some cut yourself some slack and give yourself some space and uh Make it make a plan. Take care of yourself as we go. No, and and don't forget our takeaway that we talked about is when you're going through all this time during the holidays, if there are some difficult family parties that are coming up, or if you feel that you may be off right now, please get ahead of it. Like Heidi talked about, have these conversations. Tell your significant other, your spouse, hey, listen, I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I'm worried about this family party. Last year didn't go well. Have the discussion and conversations before it even comes up because sometimes there's some pretty easy solutions, but inside we say, if I bring this up, then my wife or my partner is going to say this, and then we're going to get in a fight. I'm just not going to bring it up until I'm really pissed off at someone's house that I don't want to be there. (laughs) That's not the time to bring up the differences and that how you wish the holidays would have been um, different than the way they're turning out. So please have those conversations, even if it's something where you're just feeling insecure about. Talk about those things too. Get it out. Let your loved ones know. Let your kids know that you have these worries and concerns. So at least everybody knows where you stand. And like someone in your situation, Heidi, someone that's gone through real loss, real grief, please share it with your loved ones where you're at, where you're scared you might be throughout the holidays, or if you need some help to get through the holidays. Don't be afraid to stay in a motel or a hotel. If you're, if you do not want to stay, there's therapy in that with somebody. Just get a hotel. It's okay. It's okay to have that space. It's okay to. Any recommendations like Great America? Or... <laughs> you know, yes. Stay at the if nicest you're in Salt hotel. Lake City, <laughs> Great America. No, I. If you're I in just, Huntington Beach, I can refer. The I Hilton feel like the, the more the so many stories that I hear about, like around the office when people come back from holidays, it's like. Oh, and the and their dog, and oh, and their lumpy couch, and oh, and 
I had to share a room with this, you, you know, or get a hotel. Sometimes, hotel. sometimes it's worth 150 bucks and I have to deal with the heartache. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I think that just having that little chance to have a decompression is, can, can be golden. It can make a break an entire situation. So that, Are you talking know, about hotel leaving your kids and you just going by yourself? Is this what we're talking this about? This is a fan. That's oh, also okay, a fantastic Dave. idea. Okay. All right. Dave, I don't think you should leave your kids at home. No, my, my kids need to be supervised. <laughs> it's illegal for me to leave them home alone. <laughs> you know, don't forget that we have the anniversary at my house, which is our anniversary, Eric's birthday, and Christmas, all within I was going to ask you days. what that was. I never heard of that term. Anniversary. Anniversary. That's what we call it. it it's a made-up. It's a, it's a swap <laughs> trademark. Name and you know Eric just just uh, comes up with whatever his anniversary Christmas anniversary gift is and I just say okay. That's <laughs> it works. That's creative. I like it. I like it. Well, as always here on Light the Fight, we want to thank our official community sponsor One Eight Hundred Contacts for allowing us to deliver this message to you. And also, like I always say, if you need contacts, don't even think about it. You know the number One Eight Hundred Contact. Get yourself some great contacts, affordable price, and we're a little partial to the people over there because they're pretty amazing. So you're also putting the food on the table of some amazing people that work really hard. <laughs> That's right. We we love those guys. So thank you very much. And how can they follow us, Heidi? Okay, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Like the Fight. You can also find us on the web at www.com lightthefight.com. You can listen there. You can find us on iTunes. Hopefully you've already found us on iTunes or one of those other iPod places. But if you would like to leave us a message, send us a question, you can do that in any of those social media outlets as well as on our website. So have a very happy, rewarding, filling, uplifting holiday season and, and take good care. And we'll see you in two years. Oh, wait, no. We'll come back next week? Okay. We'll, come, we'll see you next week. <laughs>